I am still shy, but having to do all of these things has kind of pushed me out of my comfort level. And I think as an entrepreneur, you have to do that. That's different from working with some, working for someone versus being an entrepreneur. You know, you have to win the business. It's 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 mm -hmm. on you. You have to get there. So shy or not shy, you need Absolutely. to kind of um, be visible, be out there. It's quite clear that it's in Vaishali's DNA to be an incredible serial entrepreneur. In today's episode, Vaishali, owner of Ananya Cards and Create ID, talks us through her incredible 24-year roller coaster ride of being in business and what it means to be successful. We absolutely can't wait to get stuck into today's episode. But before you do, if you're here for the first time, nice to see you. Thank you very much for visiting. Please do give us a little subscribe. It's always really, really helpful for us. And don't forget, if you'd like to hear more of the Digital Circus and Yellow Tuxedo, do subscribe to our newsletter. The link is in below. Speak to you later and let's get started. Hey, Charlie, thank you so very much for being on the Digital Circus Live today. Hope you're well. Oh, and nice. as and as you have confessed that you've listened to every episode so far, so we thank you for that as well, you'll know what's coming up because there's one very important question and that is, what is it that you're trying to achieve right now? So I'd say for me, it's um, about creating work that um, my clients and myself that gives me joy. I would also say it's about making a difference. Um, so that's to my clients, to my friends, my colleagues, and make creating a kind of positive impact in the world. It's powerful stuff. It, oh. Right. So I, I already have questions because we know <laughs> we we know you know we've chatted to Vishali regularly since since we've known uh, you, Vishali. So I know you've been in business 22, 23 years. 22, 22, 22 years 24 now. In 24, 24 in January. 24 in January. But it, shows, but it shows how long we've known each other because I was approaching Jeez, my twenty first. That's yeah, massive. Were. And that just scares the hell out of me about how quickly time passes because I remember sitting with you and you were talking about ideas for your 21st birthday and what we could do with the business. How are we on 24? I know. Wow, that's just <laughs> blown my brain. No, Sorry, I'm, not, Alan, I'm, not, I'm not happy that it's been that long. I was like a couple of years tops. Um, right, so here's the thing. Have, has what you've wanted to achieve always been the same since you've been in business? It has actually because since I started almost 24 years ago, I pledged to make um, to donate 10% of profits to charity. So I made that on day one of starting the business, uh, which I still continue um, to do. So I guess it, it, it has, but as I've gone through business and gone through economic recessions and downturns and lockdowns and pandemics, it's kind of actually become stronger for me um, to, to kind of make that difference. I mean, and so so many places as always. We love we this. We do, we do this, and this is the problem with being a duo with 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 someone else we're talking to is the fact that we both go, oh my gosh, and then one of us has to go, oh, you can go first. It's so fine. okay, right. So I, what I want to do is delve back to pre-business, but I'm going to come to that. So my question for the moment is. I know. I, I, I know about the the work you do for charity and the ph ph philanthropy and everything else. But I also know you've always gone. Actually, I I don't want to lead with that. I don't want that to be in the limelight. It's just something I've I've decided to do. Um, I want to do over here. Can we ask about a? How have you managed to keep going with all it? Now that's a stupid question, but I think you know what I mean. How's that? How's that stayed there for the entire twenty four years? And why, if it's okay to ask, would you not want to perhaps mention it periodically in your in you know what you share out, okay, even great. though I understand why? Great, great question. So, um, I think it's always been with me. Um, I always say it's kind of in in my DNA. 
because my grand my grandparents then my father and my brother so my father and his brother and then now myself and my brother so I'd say I'm kind of third generation so I feel it's it's really at the core and the heart of what I do so it doesn't waver so it, it, it it's so important to me so um, I think that's why I continue to uh, to, to do it and why um, I don't lead with it or why I don't say it enough. I am, I am you know, trying to be better and, and sharing more about it and actually using my platforms as a voice for charities. Mm-hmm. I try and, you know, put posts out on LinkedIn to say, you know, if there's any charities that want to shout out or anyone that's doing something good, then I want to um, include it. So I am trying to be better. I guess it's just, I've done it as a, as a kind of personal reason. I did it long before I even knew what CSR meant or that you know it's it's good for businesses i did it because it was something that um my parents talked to me about at the breakfast table as a child it's something that i grew up with so for me it's actually part of my life and mm. it's not that extraordinary in the sense of it's just it's it's my way of life it's only kind of in later years talking to people i've realized that actually it is maybe a little extraordinary because not yeah, many people do it and i think a lot of people certainly that i know always say oh well We'll think about philanthropy kind of when we're retired, when we've made our money, when we're 70 plus. And kind of my view is actually start as early as possible. So um, I think it's more I've kind of kept it as, as something just more more personal. And I think it's also probably my personality that um, yeah. as a kind of introvert and, and not wanting to kind of talk, you know, blow my own trumpet or just keep saying, oh, mm. this is what I do. And how great is my mantra of, you know, making a difference. Check, check me out donating exactly. to charity. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's so tricky. I kind of keep it quieter, but I'm trying to mm. be a bit more uh, open about it in the kind of Veshali way. It's a very yeah. interesting, because I was reading a LinkedIn... It is tricky, let's be honest. There was a LinkedIn thread this week with someone um, putting out there about, about charity, and obviously we're recording this at Christmas time right now, and the big... Th- There's no need to say a prayer. It's Christmas. I'm sorry. Go on. Oh, it's a Band-Aid so Don't do Band-Aid. I okay. love Band-Aid. Um, but at this time of year, obviously, a lot of people then draw to what they could do for charitable causes, which is, again, to be commended. But why are we just doing it at Christmas? And then the, the thread went along the lines of, if you're doing it, fantastic. Do you need to use that as a marketing kind of for your for your business to say, look at me, I'm so fantastic. And you've never done that. That's, to, again, to be commended. And I think there's a fine line between doing it to not show off, but to go, hi, I'm doing this. But actually, you have done this for a sustainable amount of period, this is 24 years and some, and that's really to be commended. Now, my question to you, Charlie. Oh, you, no, gonna... wait, hold on. Are you going to move away from yeah. the... Right, so I've got another thing okay. quickly then. So the, the bit what I think is interesting is exactly that, right? Like, are you just donating... Right, fundamentally, if you're donating to charity, regardless of your motivations, can it actually be a bad thing, okay? Yeah. So it doesn't really matter what your motivations are if you're doing it. But I also understand the perhaps not wanting to lead with it, perhaps taking the edge of it. But then we get to the extreme example of people like Mr. Beast. Uh, do you know what? We met people who didn't know who Mr. Beast were at the weekend. They're in my family. They walk among us. For the benefit people. of anyone listening who doesn't know Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast is the largest YouTuber, YouTuber on the planet. Surely everyone in our audience knows who Mr. Beast well, is. Well, you talk about right, him Anyway, enough. let's anyway. get to the point. And the point is, he did a video recently where he flew to Africa and put a hundred wells into villages in Africa. And then the standard kind of machine that follows Mr. Beast around, unfortunately, kicked him. But he only did it for the video he only did it for this and and he went 
Yeah, you're right. Because if it wasn't for the video, I wouldn't be able to do that. Mm. So yes, I did it for the video, but it doesn't mean I then can't go and do that. And it is tricky to feel okay about those things. But I, I'm like, Mr. Beast was like, yes, I did it. He also said in his video, why is a YouTuber having to do this? Why aren't the people who actually meant to be doing this doing this? Yeah. Which was very interesting. So he also used his, um, his, uh, his elevated, lofty position for a mm. bit of a political message so just sharing that because i find right. it interesting can i move on now you can move on yes. but i think this is a really interesting topic it really really is we're going to come but back to it what i want to get back to Vaishali, is because you just said it you're third generation in your, in your family for and so the the family values is, is very big to you big for you what is it especially from your father who's who obviously was your your your, your key link there that drove you to start your own business so I think I come from an entrepreneurial family. So my family business uh, is 101 years old. Last year wow. we celebrated the centenary. So I always knew that I wanted to run my own business. Mm. I didn't know what it would be in, but I knew that I wanted to, again, through the conversations that we had, you know, at mealtimes. So that's, I kind of, I knew, I knew I would do it. Again, I felt it was in my DNA. I wanted to, though, also get outside experience. I knew that I didn't want to just graduate and go straight into running my business. I knew it was important to work outside, get some outside experience uh, and training, and that's what I did. So even certain summer jobs I did, and then when I graduated, I worked for four years before setting up my own business. Um, I and what did that you work in? Valuable. So I worked... Um, I did different things. So I worked uh, in Paris for a Japanese fashion designer, Comde Garçon, and I worked there for a year and helped launch um, their perfume. So I worked in marketing. Um, I worked for a PR firm um, for four months. And then I also worked in my family business um, for, for the rest of the time. The, the, the jobs that you've just sort of listed off there, they're, they're not just your kind of average stacking shelves and Tesco type jobs. They are very, very immersive type roles. For a fashion house in Paris. <laughs> and again, I, it's I, not retail. It's not I, Tesco's for three years like the rest of us, is it? Alan, at the time of recording this today, you've just been um, editing Sheba's podcast today. Yeah. And there's a very similar thread in what you just said there and what we got from Sheba's there was that the if you're going to do something, you're going to go two feet in and you're going to immerse yourself and you're going to do it to the best of your ability. So... What is that in your personality there to go, actually, I'm going to work for four years. I'm going to go to Paris and I'm going to immerse myself in a fashion house. That What, what was the catalyst for you going and doing that there? So I, I think my personality is that I do 100 percent. So yeah. I remember like at university, I was the only student that got a first. And yet I partied hard. And so what I did <laughs> is that I I studied from like 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. And I only focused on study. And then from 6 p.m. I was off and, and I was very kind of, I guess, compartmentalized. So when I studied, I didn't think about non-study. And when I partied, I didn't think about work. And whereas I found that a lot of friends, when they were work, when they were studying, they kept dreaming about, oh, I wish we were going out. And when, we were get, when they were out, they were like, oh, we should be studying. And I think I just managed to make that distinction so that I'm, I'm kind of, I guess I'm wholehearted and 100% um, when, when I do something. Um, so I think Present that's and of, in the moment. Yeah, yeah no, so I, I think that's just... I just have to pick up. Vaishali parties hard. No, no. <laughs> I do. I've always said. I've, I've always I was in Manchester. Many... I was in Manchester. There's no way you can't party. I was, you know, the the generation of the hacienda. So I mean, there's no way you couldn't you couldn't party. 
<laughs> that's very cool. That's just a cool story in its own right, you know. I always look at you over the last four years that we've known you, really, and I've gone, no, she's always in so much control. I don't like the word professional, but I feel in our circle you come across, and this is not an insult, please do not think it is, um, come across as one of the most professional business people, you know. it can be an insult. Well, no, no, I take I it. I well, take no. it as a compliment. I yeah, take yeah, it as a compliment. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, because you yeah. know, because if someone said professional to me, I'd go, "Oh, I try really hard to not come across that professional in that way." Yeah. Right, hold on. As always, we've got a thousand places off the back of everything. So, do you still do that compartmentalization now? Because when when you run your own business, it is all in. It is very immersive. Or you still very much no. I, I stop at X and I'm into you know social. No, I wish no. I could practice what I preach now. No, um, I love my work and it is all consuming. I don't have a stop off time or a start time. Going on holidays is, is, is difficult because, you know, my mind wanders. But then also as a creative, I find actually when I change that scenery, I actually got, get good ideas. Um, so, no, I'm not, I'm not a structured. I still very much give 100% to anything, to anything that I do, um, but it's not so compartmentalised. Do you think yeah. that's now because you're doing something that gives you like completely fills your cup? It gives you the joy because you know that that's what you should be doing. And as students are, you know, we do things to get past the finish line. But actually, it's not necessarily what you were wanting to be doing. But that discipline is what got you through. Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I think I could I could be better to get that blend um, better. And I think it's just this. I, I'm I'm excited about my work. I want to grow my businesses. I'm now, you know, splitting my time between London and Dubai. So that's added a whole dimension of kind of establishing myself here. So um, there's a lot to do. So I, I, I kind of take that time to do it. Yeah. Is it, is it um, like, because I think that's really good because I'm, I'm not a brilliant at kind of going, well, no, we don't, no, it's not, I'm not brilliant. we don't do that. We're, we're a blended all in approach. But I'm wondering, you know, when you were a student back in the Hacienda days, which is just cool. <laughs> ne- next, you're going to tell me you saw Madonna at the first, her first ever gig at the Hacienda. No, but I did see Madonna at the launch party for Comme des Garçons for their job in Paris. She, That's uh, still she was one of the guests, cool. so yes, I did see her there. That's then. super cool. That is cool. Um, right. So I think with like the university side of things, there's a much clearer distinction of I need to achieve X today. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a business, and people say that to me, they go, what, you wear yellow outside <laughs> of your business? And I go, of course we blimmin' do. We are all in. We are there making yellow tuxedo what we want it to be. And why would I not take every single opportunity? So I guess my point is, even though we may have goals, there is no end point. You know, there is no, I'll just do this today and stop. And that's the end of that product because it's straight into the next one. Do you find that happens? Like is is similar for you? Yes. I think if you're ambitious, then, um, then yeah, there's, even if you achieve one goal, there's still future goals to, to achieve. So yes, I don't see a kind of stop, a stop line. What's your favorite part of your business? Um, it's probably meeting the clients. It's kind of mm. meeting meeting the clients, getting their idea of what they want to do, whether it's from a branding design point of view or whether it's from a marketing point of view, and then seeing the results. Because sometimes, you know, I get something that's literally like scribbled notes, and it's actually mm. taking those scribbled notes and then delivering something. So to me, it's that kind of that transformation. But you know, that result um, that that's what I that's what I like to do because I've made again, I've made an impact. 
uh, made a difference to, to to my clients. So I'd say that side. That's a really big thing. And we a theme running through is that kind of impact and uh, wanting to not see the impact lost in a large corporation, but actually see the direct impact. Um, I'm still I'm still kind of uh, working that one through in my head. I think there's more there, but that is definitely a theme that comes through. Um, so you said we've discussed like you wanted you knew like, like and this is another thing. The norm for you was it was, you run a business. You know, it's what your family did. It's what you discussed around the dinner table. But why this? And we know you have a couple of businesses, actually, and then the family business as well, I presume, on top of that. So what made you pick them? And feel uh, free to say what they are as yes, well, by the yes, way. I'm, sure. I'm, I'm only not saying it, so you say it. You know. <laughs> sure, thank you. So Creative ID is my branding and um, marketing agency. So at university, I studied, uh, my degree was international management and French, and I specialized in marketing. So I kind of took the, the marketing modules. But when I graduated, I realized that, uh, or I felt that marketing was not enough. Um, so I then decided to do um, design. And I did that as um, night school. And, you know, first 18 months of the business, um, I couldn't afford anyone. So I did the design. And now the design's much better because I have a team of, uh, of trained designers. So the marketing I do and then the, the design work, um, they help, they, they work on. Um, so, yeah, I think that was, I just, I'd always enjoyed marketing. And, and I think from an early age, I knew I wanted to do, to do something marketing related, which is why I specialized in that at university. And I loved it. And I also took on um, international marketing and international business. So even at that age, I knew that international angle was important and hence why the degree was um, uh, international management in French. So that international perspective was really uh, important to me. I think also I'd attended um, an international school when I lived in Paris. So kind of cultures and meeting people from different walks of life, um, that was really um, fascinating for me. So I think that's why I chose um, uh, the creative idea, the, the marketing and um, design. And then the Ananya Cards, which is my wedding and event stationery business, started by chance. Uh, my cousin um, got married and she asked if I would design her wedding uh, invitations. So I was like, sure, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I thought, you know, I have a design background. I can, um, can design this. So I designed it as a gift to her. I didn't put my name on the back or anything. It was just, you know, between cousins. It was, it was her gift. At the end of the evening, three people came at the end of at the wedding reception. Three people came up to me and said, Veshali, we heard that you designed um, the stationery. When we get uh, married, could you design our stationery? So I was like, oh, OK, um, you know, you know, just taken aback. But then with my entrepreneurial um, hat on, I thought, OK, let me look at this. Did about six to eight months of research, looked to see, you know, what others were doing. I did spot a gap in the market. And that's mm. why I then um, set up uh, Ananya Cards. And being oh. design and creative, they're kind of, you know, they're quite similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they, they, they obviously naturally yes, go different together. Yeah. Audience, complimentary. Yes. Yeah. Um, how do you balance having two businesses, though? Because that, 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 that or three, really, when you count the family business as well. Surely that, that, that is one massive juggle. Do you... You've already mentioned that you have a team of associates now and you, you kind of expanded in that way, which is, I'm going to kind of come back to in a second. But in the day-to-day -day melee of life, how do you cope with having so many fingers and so many pies? You have to be organised. You have to be organised. Um, I don't time block and I don't even say, oh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is one business, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday is another business. 
I just kind of look at what the work is and and kind of prioritize it and and work that way but actually for me I love that variety mm-hmm. I love the one you know the morning I could be working on you know like this morning I received um a questionnaire from a new client so kind of going through that questionnaire for their new identity and then you know this afternoon I could be working on um a wedding stationery suite so for me it works well I like that variety but you do have to be very organized yeah. so that you know nothing slips and you're meeting all the deadlines um do you know what Stephen Bartlett says about time blocking because you said you don't time block he says basically the reason there's so many productivity hacks out there like time blocking is because people aren't just disciplined if you if you sort your discipline out you do not need any of those hacks you just get on with doing it all yeah so which which I kind of like which is something that Vicky Brown touched on in her episode as well about being more disciplined that's something we all need to work on hard we we also like consistency and all Mm. that kind of stuff but actually it's about just get on with it cracking your own whip really going, okay yeah. it's gonna oh, be a bit uncomfortable be, yeah it needs to be done doesn't it It just needs to get done so you touched on it as well earlier and um it's now you've talked about your international studies and everything it seems a natural sort of segue that you moved to dubai and that was a big thing i remember you doing it i remember the, the day you said i'm about to fly i'm about to go i have no idea what i'm doing i don't know anyone in dubai uh, i think i'm just going to give it a stab and a few years later now, you've now sold your flat in London and you're, and you're interviewing us right now, having an interview whilst you're in Dubai. What was that? Why did you do that? And why, why did you pick Dubai? So, um, so Dubai as a, as a place, it was a personal reason. So my brother's been living here for about 12 years mm-hmm. and um, my mother wanted to move to Dubai to be closer to my brother and also closer to her family in India. So actually my mum moved first and she kept sending me, um, you know, messages saying, oh, I think you'll love it here. And I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, but I'm not interested. <laughs> you know, my life is in yeah. London. And um, at that time, London was still um, in lockdown. So mm-hmm. I couldn't even go to see her. And then it was only like about nine months later when the London UK you know, was off the red list that I went to visit. And I thought, oh, this is, you know, this is nice, but, you know, it's nice. But I wanted to settle her down and give her security. So I got a place um, for my mum. And um, I thought, okay, I'll just kind of come, you know, come backwards and forwards. And I guess, I don't know. I mean, I just, my first and foremost is for my mother. So, Mm -hmm. you know, to look after her, she gets older. So that's kind of, I wanted to do that. And secondly, I think in my business, I also was ready for a change. I think with, um, with a pandemic, I also realized I could work remotely. As long as I have strong Wi-Fi, I can work anywhere. So that also gave me the confidence that I could be somewhere else. And I felt like I just needed a challenge. I wanted to kind of push myself. Um, and I thought, okay, let, let, you know, let me try it. But I still very much am running the businesses in London. I do still come back to London. Uh, my clients are there. The majority of my work is still in the UK as I kind of you know, build up my, my um, experience here or more. Or, my um, awareness, you know, for people to know who I am. So that kind of takes time, but that's why I kind of did it. And it was scary, I'm not gonna pretend, scary, exciting, all the emotions. Um, but I think I've, because I've done it once before, actually a few times, so I was born, and there's a little backstory, but I was born in um, London. I moved to Jersey in the Channel Islands when I was four and a half, so I made that move. And then I moved to um, Paris at the age of 14, so I've already moved there then university in Manchester, then a year in business school in France, 
than working in Paris. So I'd kind of done that. So although it was scary, I knew I could do it. Sure. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's why I've done it. <laughs> right. Okay. I've got three questions for Charlie. I've got to try and remember them as I ask one at a time. Guaranteed he'll get to two and forget the third. I will forget them. So <laughs> first one is like, so the moving around, okay. I, I think there are some people who can naturally do that and other people who are, you know, much more about, oh, I don't want to leave where I live type thing. Did anything happen or do you just think that that was your way? You were quite happy kind of traveling around, visiting, you know, new places for long term or or was this something? Was it a cultural thing or family thing or something else? I don't know. So always as a child being fortunate to to travel. My parents um, knew that travel was important or, you know, they also enjoyed traveling. So I was fortunate as a young child to travel most most holidays. The reason I actually moved to Paris was my parents got divorced. And so that was a life situation. And that's why um, I, I moved there. Um, I seem to be always following my mom because she moved there and now she's moved here. Um, so yeah, so that was well, it. But again, I'm not going to pretend. Good for traveling. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to pretend. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy giving, giving up. You know, the whole family set up the whole dynamics in Jersey, and then a very different lifestyle, different language, obviously, mm-hmm. all of that. But I didn't realize it. But I must have some kind of like resilience or something to kind of yeah. push me, um, push me through. And and it has done the world world of good because I am still shy, but having to do all of these things has kind of pushed me out of my comfort level. And I think as an entrepreneur, you have to do that. That's different from working with some working for someone versus being an entrepreneur. You know, you have to win the business. It's, it's, it's on you. You have to get there. So shy or not shy, you need to kind of um, be visible, be out there, you know, everything that you teach. Um, Yeah. Well, Vajali, we're seeing this and I hope you don't mind me saying this, but the difference between now and this this chat i mean we we've chatted right we've we've not just done work and stuff but we've chatted but the difference between kind of now and let's well four years ago when perhaps we first met is phenomenal because we had you our the digital circus live do a chat on branding and is it fair to say you were very nervous is that fair to say oh my gosh yeah super nervous i mean i'm nervous even today but yeah i was really (laughs) nervous yeah but i think that's the difference you can still be nervous but you can't of become a bit more relaxed into it and understanding that nerves and excitement are similar feelings and all these other things so today we're, we're there's there's zero sign of nerves is there like zero sign i think that's fascinating right so this leads that's me question on, one done that was i know so this leads me on to the kind of next thought process is something we've been exploring and um, do you like the kind of startup hustle because you talked about the new challenge from dubai and it's really tricky when you have your own business when you should be in this kind of sustain maintain and grow but actually if you like the startup hustle how do you bring a bit of that back and by moving to dubai and open up a dubai leg is something that certainly does that do you like the kind of excitement of early business Good question. I'd say mixed. I mean, I like I like the startup hustle, but I also realise it is a challenge because where I kind of left London and where I'm starting here, there there is a difference. So it's almost I have to say to people that yes, I'm new to Dubai, but actually I come with twenty plus years of experience, and that's difficult for me. And that's in terms of my messaging, that's what I need to communicate because I don't yeah. want people to think. I'm a startup here. Uh, I want people to know that I do come with all everything that I've learned um, over the 20 plus years. Mm. So 
I like the startup puzzle, but I also like the the not the startup, you know, the kind of yeah, no, sustainable brand, the sustainable business, and kind of growing on that. I like so that. It's the extension yeah. of what I, you're doing, isn't well, it? Well, I was going to say it's a natural expansion of your international business. You know, so, so. that was that was. Is there your third question? There is I a take... third question, and it is relevant. <laughs> They're all linked. They're all building okay, up to I, one thing. I have one on the, on the expansion, but carry on. Oh, do you? Okay, well, mine's similar to that. So you've touched on this as well. You've touched about your team of, I can't remember what word. Associates. Associates. It's the same question. The same question. Do you, do you know when you've been living with someone for far too long, when actually you just literally into go, we've got the same question. Well, you, you ask no, it No, no, feel free. No, it's all right. I would like you to complete one episode where you have all three questions. And haven't gone, um, I can't remember my question. (laughs) What's the third? So I think we don't actually discuss that this often in the podcast because we're so keen to discuss the life element. But I think your business model or how you set your business up is different from the average Mm. in our audience, our ecosystem, whereas a lot of solopreneurs, et cetera, et cetera. So just wonder like how you set that up and how it works now and just kind of give us a... Just to kind of add on to that one before you start talking Richard, is that yeah so a lot of people would go I'm a solopreneur this is my lot I'm struggling to understand how to grow what was that moment where you went actually this needs to be a team and how did you take that step so that uh, yeah and what does the team look like if you don't mind sharing any of that of course, of course no great question so about the team firstly something my father had taught me ages ago was delegate 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 He'd always said that to me as a young age. So things that I'm not good at, delegate to. Delegate. So from day one of the business, with very little funds, I had I hired a bookkeeper because I knew that maths and figures was not my thing. Of course, I know how to read accounts and things, but I didn't want to be doing the day-to-day. So from day one, I, I knew that I needed somebody who was experienced and professional who would do things much quicker than me. And I would, uh, you know, outsource uh, a bookkeeper. Now I have a bookkeeper and, a, uh, and an accountant. Um, so I knew that if I don't have the skills, I need to, you know, ha- surround myself with or, you know, hire the services of um, people that have the, um, those skills. As I said, the first, you know, 18 months or so, I didn't, I didn't hire anyone. But for me, I realized that to grow, I needed a team. And I'm super passionate about my businesses but I'm not precious about the business in the sense of and I I say that even when I take on an intern that if there's something that you feel I could be doing differently or the business could be different could be done differently please share with me I'm not going to get upset I'm not going to say I'm going to take it on but I will hear you and I've always had that approach so uh, because I'm so in the business and it's so you know it's so important to me but you know someone else especially the youngsters you know, they have, you know, I'm on TikTok now, you know, the, the you know, the, they bring in a different energy or different knowledge. And, and, I, and I love that. So for me, it's, I like that. And so building the team, I started a team fairly quickly. And, you know, I'm really pleased that um, two of my team have been with me for 15 years. Wow. wow. So I'm really pleased about that because I feel something's working. You know, something is working. Mm. I try to treat them well. Uh, and I, again, I involve them. So it's not like Veshali is the boss and their senior designer. Um, it's um, Veshali is the boss, but you know, you're part of the team, your suggestions. I want to share what the team do on social media. I need to do a little bit more on that, but I want to share that. Um, so that's, re- that's really important. So I've kind of taken on people as a team. So on my PAYE, on my payroll, and then I also have others that are on a retainer basis. Um, to kind of give that commitment to them and to myself. 
but I've also had, um, you know, people that haven't worked. I've had somebody that, you know, resigned after 11, after 11 months. I've had someone resign after, th- after the three-month trial. So it's not, I, I always say, actually, the hardest part of the business, I think, is the HR, is um, the whole kind of managing, managing that, which is why I think when you get somebody good, you try and do everything you can to keep that person and get them involved, which is why, you know, I think for the 15 years, um, that's important. And it's, it's, the same, it's the same, that kind of longevity is the same that I practice even in terms of relationships with my clients. So, you know, my longest um, standing client has been with me 24 years. So again, it's trying, thank you. So again, it's trying to, relationships are super important. And again, that's something I learned from the family business where we've had, you know, three generations of relationships. And that's something that, you know, I learned from an early age. So it's doing what you can to kind of nurture those relationships, whether it's your team, whether it's clients, so that, you know, you can work and deliver and, and you know, create good things to, together. The, the 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 thread here of your DNA has come through the entire episode today. It's, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? And that yeah. is, you know, that is testament to to the Shah family as well. So, what could you would you say you could take from both the 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 two generations above you? Has it been your biggest lesson learned from what your father's done and the generation before? The biggest lesson um, yeah. is to act with integrity. Mm-hmm. I think that's. That, oh gosh, before I get emotional, um, I think that's I think that's that's the thing that they that they've taught me. Whether it's about oh, whether it's about giving, <laughs> whether it's about I giving, someone cry. <laughs> it's <laughs> good it's, for ratings for Charlie. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's yeah. It's just you know how can you ha- you have three relationships of clients in a hundred year business when there's so much competition in every industry. There's so much competition, but those relationships are key. You know, my Michelin star chef uh, that I've been with for 24 years, he could get, um, you know, he would have designers wanting to do his work for free to have him on the portfolio. But why is he continuing to work with me? So I think it, for me, it's, it's, it's the relationships, but doing that with integrity, um, doing that, you know, straightforward, not playing games. It's just, I think that's, yeah, that, that's, I'd say, is, is what's important to me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm loving this. I'm like, I feel, unfortunately, we need to slowly wrap up, but I kind of feel I want to ask something. I don't think we've ever asked this before, but I'm going to ask it. Okay. I want some tips for Charlie, right? <laughs> I, want, I do. I want tips. If you were going to give a couple of tips, whether it be for the, um, you know, the leading with integrity or for the sustain, you know, uh, sustained growth of your business, what? or I guess integrity is the answer to the sustained growth one. So yeah. let's go to the integrity one. What couple of tips, if this is, if someone's listening to this and they are new in their journey and they're feeling inspired by these stories, what couple of tips could you share them for making sure they keep that integrity paramount? I think the integrity part, you need to believe in it, not just mm. because, oh, I listened to this podcast, Veshali is doing well, let me do it. It's got mm. to be something you believe in. And like I said earlier, that, that doesn't waver, you know, that it's at the core, it's at the heart of what you do. And I think then you will be able to do it. And all of these things, like philanthropy and things, it's not just about money. There's a lot of things that I do. It's about sharing with networks. It's sharing on social media. It's giving a platform, giving a voice. So I also don't want people to think that, oh, I can only be integrity or I can only give back if I've got lots of money aside and I'm a startup and I don't have those funds. It's not that. So I'd say, you know, 
and find something that you're that you're passionate about if you're going to donate or share you know share resources or you know share share your platform find a cause or a community or something that you believe in um for my grandfather it was health and education i brought the women piece the female piece in because that was really important mm. um to me so i'd say that that you know do that um gosh you really put me on the spot um sorry i don't know no it's um i think also surround yourself with like-minded people i think the people that you surround yourself i was very fortunate the various schools that i went to I surrounded myself with great people and, you know, my friends from university are still my closest friends now. So I think surrounding yourself in terms of friendships, in terms of work, people, colleagues, surrounding yourself um, would be good. And I think also as a person, I'm curious. So I think also be curious and, and learn more and then see how you can, you know, introduce that into into your life in a kind of mm. integrity you know, purpose. Do, do you know yeah. what, I, mean, I think that's the one thing I, I always... And party hard, don't forget. Party, party hard. hard. <laughs> <laughs> thing I, I, I always associate with you particularly is your ability to keep learning. Mm, um, and, and that's absolutely. like, when we first, first met you, I remember you'd, you'd signed up to... God knows how many different courses and uh, groups. And I, I saw you in over here and then I went, oh, Maisha, I was over here. And I, I still see that now four years later and the fact that you can never learn too much and that's the only way you can kind of keep pushing yourself forward. Now, my, I've got one last question before the last question. And again, it might put you on the spot a little bit, so apologies. This could soon be the longest episode we've well, ever done, by the way. fascinating episode ever, though. I'm Which not, is I'm all good, all good you. things. Um, you've done a lot. You've done a lot and you're still doing a lot. And I'm sure there's a lot more in your growth for the future as well. And you're only in your early 50s. So goodness knows how it will Emily, be like. you can't age. Sorry, you can't out someone's age. She's only 21. She's only 21. Yeah. But she's been in business 24 years. So um, <laughs> what are you at this stage in your career most proud of that you've done? Um, Aha, I, silence. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it's. Being, adapt- being adaptable and setting up uh, you know, a base in Dubai without knowing people, yeah. you know, starting to win work here, being visible here, networking here, really from a, you know, as a startup, you know, with, uh, with um, little exposure already. So I'd say that's what I'm proud, what I'm proud of amazing. to kind of to do that. That's pretty cool. And you should be. It's amazing. Yeah, very cool. Okay, so we're, we're going to wrap up. So we're going to start, or start, we're going to end with our final question of the episode. Vishali, if you could go back to your, your former self at any age you choose and put an arm around yourself, what would you say to that person? So I'd say if it's um, about something that's worked, I would say about having a flexible attitude so that you can... Um, overcome uncertainties, as we've seen with the pandemic, you know, things that don't always go according to plan or being able to take up new opportunities. I'd say that's having that flexible attitude, um, I would say, is, is important. If it was something that I, I wish I had done, it would be to have had more confidence in myself. So I, I'm aware that, you know, I didn't, there, there's opportunities that I haven't put my hand up for. There's things, whether it's speaking or collaborations or, or other things that I didn't put my hand up for um, because I was too shy to. So I'd say to the young, to my younger self that like, you know, be, be proud of what you've achieved and, um, you know, and, and go for it. 
That's what I, I love that. And actually, Laura um, Robinson said the same thing. Do it scared. You know, do it scared. You're going to be scared. So just do it scared. I, I think that's such great thoughts from people on, on from people from you guys from people from you guys on that. Thank you so much. Face Charlie, thank you so blimmin' much for speaking to us today. It's been one of the most fascinating episodes mm. today, I think. Um, to everyone who's listening today, thank you very much for staying to the end, and we'll see you next time on the Digital Circus Life. Thanks for Charlie. Bye, everyone. Thank you Bye. so much. Thank you.